Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. And I'm Corey Asuncion. And this is Cut to the Chase. So do you go with the flow in life or are you more like, okay, by this age, I need to do this and this age, I need to do that and this age, I need to do this. Okay. I'm just cutting right so to the you, chase. You, yeah, you really got to because you also <laughs> sent me that reel about go with the flow. Um, so here's what I'd like to say about myself. Uh, I feel like I can be go with the flow. Mm. Like I'll do it. But <laughs> I'm probably talking to. shit like on the inside. <laughs> no, I don't plan too far in advance. And that probably has a lot to do with the fact that we've had so many things over the course of like the last 28 years where I'm like planning and it's like the universe is like, fuck you, this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be the exact opposite of anything you could possibly imagine. So I don't really do like big plans. I do like organized chaos. So I don't know if you can call that go going with the with flow, the flow. <laughs> but I mean, shit, you know, happens. Like I was, you know, last night, some crazy shit happened at 11 o'clock at night and it was definitely okay. Go with the flow. I mean, I really had no choice. Right. So I was say it, it was, yeah. Go with the flow. So, so sometimes, but I'm talking shit on the inside. <laughs> like you're <laughs> cursing it all the way. Yeah, there definitely. Yeah. Or I might maybe I'll have a rant session later on. Like I'm doing it like but I'm doing it. So <laughs> So it's kind of like half going with the flow. Yeah. Half assing going. going with the flow. Like I totally be like, "Oh, I'd love to be able to say, "Oh yeah, I'm so go with the flow." So Mm-mm, no. Yeah. I I can't say that. I can't. What about you? Um I'm probably the same. I think going with the flow kind of coincides with accepting change like being okay with change Mm -hmm. because usually going with the flow means you can pivot pivot and go with change when it happens but also going with the flow is kind of like not controlling yeah your situation or Mm -hmm. like looking too far into the future like you said I'm I'm a I don't really like the word controlling to define myself, <laughs> um, but I like to be in charge of things. So uh, when I'm not in charge or like if I don't know what's happening and I can't, it's struggle, you know, to go with the flow. I know 100% it has to do with my, you know, control. Control issues. Issues. Control in quotes. I don't like that word. Like Janet Jackson. <laughs> Janet Jackson. Yes, exactly. I I think it's assertive. That can we use that word? <laughs> assertive. I'm <just> so assertive. <laughs> so aggr- so passive aggressive. Oh sh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the dictionary definition of fluid is changing readily, shifting, not fixed, stable, or rigid or a substance as a liquid or gas that is capable of flowing and that changes its shape at a steady rate when acted upon by a force tending to change its shape. That's the noun. Yeah, see, the this whole idea of being fluid. I mean, that word has changed a lot over the years yes. as far as its meaning. And we'll, we, can, we can talk about that for sure because yeah. I have that on my list to talk about because it has, with the generations 
the the word has different meaning. Absolutely. And as as with any generation, they ch- they change up the words that we've been using since 1970. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, that's sick. Or <laughs> you know, I've never said that because it definitely isn't. It's it's a positive thing, but it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't sound like a positive thing. Right. You know, sick. Like the kids today are like, that's epic. <laughs> My kids say stuff and I have to like ask them, wait, what does that mean? Am I saying, and then like, I'll say it. I'm like, am I saying it right? Did I use it in the right sentence? <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, just don't mom, just, shh. they just roll their eyes yeah. at you and walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. They make fun of me. They don't oh, walk okay. away. No, no, no. They, they take stay, advantage they, of the situation. They stay for the torture. It's what they enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess for me, fluid is like, being present with what's happening in life and mm-hmm. kind of like loosey-goosey, like, okay, you know, whatever happens, happens in a way. Yeah, see, well, like you said, there was, fluid meant something different years ago. And like, I don't know if you're ready to talk about it, but I'm just saying when you talk about growing up in certain spaces, it it also I I think had a, a lot of different meanings. Um, I really like the term now, but I was real like confused about it probably about four or five years ago because I was like, wait, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And does this mean I'm unstable, unpredictable, and um, like you know can't make a decision on things? I feel like that was initially my first thought, you know, the first things I thought of when I heard this term was, you know, okay, we made it, you know, we have this term fluid and we're all fancy, but really what it means is uh, you're, you know, not trustworthy or predictable and Mm -hmm. I can't rely upon you. That's initially what my. Like a flaky uh, kind of. Yeah. Flaky. Yeah. 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 I don't believe that anymore but initially that was like wait like this is a positive thing you know that's how i felt about it at first <laughs> well or thought it seems about like it. when you're if you're if someone says they're fluid depending on what they're referring to but mm-hmm. the word fluid in a way can be like non-committal or mm-hmm. they just don't want to make a decision like you said it's like they don't want to commit or make a decision so they're just kind of using I'm fluid as an excuse to not make a decision. Well, not only that, we're kind of, you know, as, as you're saying that, it's funny because in my mind, I'm thinking about we're kind of our society, especially I think our generation was, is you need to make a decision and just stick by that. And like, till you're dead, mm-hmm. you know, you cannot change. Mm-hmm. And if you change, well, then, you know, something's wrong. You did something wrong if you've had have to change. And like, I mean, hello, we're seeing that from the boomers now. That's why they behave the way they do. But, um, you know, I feel like that is a lot of reasons. That is a, the reason why we have so many issues initially with that word was because, wait a second, you're allowing things to just like maybe, like you said, go with the flow and you're going to, you might change your viewpoint or opinion. Wait a second. I, you know, I need this from you right now and you can't change. And 
Mm-hmm. So when you say, you know, Lucy Goosey go with the flow, it almost sounds like, you know, I don't know, a long haired hippie running <laughs> around half naked and smoking a doobie. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And he's, you know, hitching a ride to Woodstock. And where everybody's thinking that guy's a little unpredictable. Don't hang out with him. <laughs> but, you know, that's that that's not really what it's about. I I love that now that I can look at that word and recognize that. I can for myself, I can be different or change or be accepting of a change that's coming my way and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I can have a totally different viewpoint, opinion, lifestyle uh, than how I was raised to be. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean I'm a, a fucking flake, you know? Right. Well, I mean, you talk about societies pressures and expectations and I think a lot of women feel that uh, they need to be married by a certain age and have kids by a certain age and if they don't by those ages they're something's wrong with them Mm -hmm. and they're not doing what they're meant to be doing and right so I think that I don't agree with because I mean it's one thing to have goals for yourself And if you truly want to be married by a certain age or an age range, then that's great. We all have goals. Mm -hmm. But to do it because there's some societal pressure to be like, okay, well, you know, when you're 25, you need to be married. I mean, that's a lot of pressure because if you go to college, you're just coming out of college trying to figure out who you are. Well, and what if the guy you're with is a douche canoe? You realize it's six years into the relationship and you're 24 and a half. I mean, really? (laughs) Don't do it, girls. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, yeah, so there are particular milestones that Uh I think we put on each other um, as a pressure to do things. But I think it's always good to look at the bigger picture and leave room for flexibility because if, if you are you know rigid and strict as to how things are going to go in your life you're going to be disappointed well and the level coming from someone who is assertive <laughs> <laughs> the level of stress you really create an anxiety for yourself when you cannot be fluid or when it's such a huge struggle is is just really astronomical. I think that oftentimes the idea of fluidity, it kind of sometimes uh, makes me think people feel as though maybe they're a failure. Mm-hmm. This idea of change or something different, like you're talking about this, I, you know, somebody who wants to be married. You know, I have a couple kids that have no desire to ever be married. I have one who is like, if I am not married by this date <laughs> and, and this, this age, <laughs> and you know, she's, she's got some time, but for her, I know she's like, and she's got a boyfriend when she does, she's like, get on it. We don't really have a lot of time left. You know, I'm not really <laughs> sure he's a fan of that, but I don't know. But, um, you know, and I, I know that she actually worries about it. She's actually fearful. It's not going to happen by, you know, because these plans that she has and, you know, it's possible that she inherited this, this really fabulous assertiveness <laughs> from me. Mm-hmm. 
You're welcome, child. And so, but the thing is, is I know the level of stress that that causes because it feels as though it feels like failure. Yeah. And so learning to let go of that, to allow yourself to be fluid and what, you know, and flexible and all those types of things is uh, for someone like that is, is definitely, it takes some time. It does take some time, but I feel like it's crazy freeing once you like start to taste it, 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 it's crazy freeing. But it's a lot of pressure and it's almost like you're like obsessed with that particular thing. Mm-hmm. wanting to happen in your life. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, we can do that with any goal that we want to achieve, I guess. And we become attached to things. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, then like you said, we are a failure. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're so hard on ourselves to accomplish these milestones in a particular timeline that we put on ourselves. Absolutely. The the timeline thing is really hard sometimes too, you know, and I feel like especially younger generations, I'm hoping that they're being, you know, freed from that thought process. But I know that you still will hear today. What do you mean you, they don't own a home? And what do you mean that they're not married yet? What do you mean you don't have your career picked out, defined and set up by the time you're graduating from college? And what do you mean you, you know, and I can't, the, the amount of pressure is astronomical. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of outside societal influences that even make this idea of being able to be fluid, like an added, you know, stressor on, on anybody. And like I, like I said earlier, I really think there's a lot of it has to do with previous generations and their upbringings and how they did things. And this is a different world, people. It is not Mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. And there's not only just one way to accomplish something either. What? And I think we put blinders (laughs) on and it's like, you know, I'm just looking at the the finish line. Right. And I mean, except for how you fold the towels that you put in your linen closet. There really is only one way to do that. (laughs) So don't come at me. But um, and I will correct you. Uh, no, but no, you're right. It, there isn't just one way. And that's even something that, that part of, as you're understanding your own fluidity, I think you realize that you have to let go of it is my way is not the only way, you know, I think, I think that it really actually helps to release judgments of other people that you may have had before, Mm -hmm. um, recognizing that, as you're going through this process of recognizing your own fluidity, uh, you can mirror that, you know, with regards to other people and see the, you know, they're just in a different spot than you are right now. Um, but also they don't have to do everything the same way you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And we get into that comparison mode, you know, Mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier about the, the fluidity being different and the word being used differently than we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And one of that is gender fluidity, mm-hmm. you know, and the flexibility in regard to what sex we want to identify with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has opened up a lot uh, uh, my eyes have been opened a lot with that just because right. of a personal experience and 
knowing other people that have discovered themselves and Mm -hmm. have truly come into themselves. And it's, it's at first hard for me to understand Mm -hmm. because of the, well, what does that mean? And, you know, I'm not one to put labels on. I never liked labels and maybe that was just my uncomfortableness or my judgment but I always felt like being in the gay community, it was, you're always put in this box. Right. And I don't like being in boxes. And I just felt like, you know, when the non-binary and all of these new definitions came out, it was like, well, why do you need to identify as anything really? Mm -hmm. Because you are who you are and you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself and be whoever you want. But that, but there's no reason for you to necessarily tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I'm a human being first and then a woman and then I'm gay. I wasn't one to just be like, I'm gay. You know, I'm Kathy. I'm gay. You know, I never did that. <laughs> and maybe it's just because I'm what? a private never? person. I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the idea, see, I totally you you're saying because, I have a sibling who uh, was assigned female at birth. And as they transitioned, uh, everything that they went through, and actually on my That's Not Proper podcast, I talked with them. And it, there was a lot that was very confusing for me because their transition was very fluid. It wasn't immediately um, going through uh, the transition to being a transgender um, non-binary masculine person. There was stages to that as they discovered and understood themselves. And then I, you know, one of my children is non-binary and I have said it many times. Look, I, I do not care what you are, whatever makes you happy, whatever you identify with, whomever you love. I do. I don't care what is in your pants and what is not in your pants. It does. It is none of my business really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've had lots of conversations like that with them. And part of it is generational that, you know, I, you know, I said my concern had always been using, putting people into these boxes. Are we going to, are we going to eventually create a larger issue where there's like this segregation, in the sense of, and I don't like that, but at the same time, one of the things what my um, child always tells me is that sense of community and finding others who understand who um, have been there, done that and gone through that, because as much as I love my child and I would lay down and die in a heartbeat, I do not experience that same thing. And so having that definition as they've learned to under, cause this has been a fluid journey for them as well. And I don't think it's at its end either. And so as they have gone through this, finding others that understand that have been there um, personally and experienced that same uh, questioning or finding of themselves as they go, has been very important to them. So when they explain it to me like that, I'm like, okay, I understand. You know, I, I see, I see that it doesn't change the fact that on occasion I'll be like, God, I hate, I hate the terms because I'm, I, I think more than anything, I'm afraid. I'm afraid 
mm-hmm. to separate us from them when I really just believe we're all just one. And so I, I do, I totally feel what you're saying. And like I said, I don't know if that's like generational or what. Yeah. And I get the sense of community for sure that you want to be yeah. with people that are like you and that understand and experience similar things as you so there is an understanding and a comfortability and you don't have to be something or have feel that pressure of trying to educate them you know Mm -hmm. they already know because they're living it they're experiencing it right but like you said it's like we that kind of putting people in the different boxes does kind of bring up the us versus them Mm -hmm. and and even within the gay community it was in fighting, you know, mm-hmm. because the gay people didn't like the bisexuals and, you know, there was just like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, I remember this happening. So, you know, we are one community. Right. We're all humans. And sometimes I feel like the labels kind of get in the way of mm-hmm. of seeing the person for who they they are. No, I absolutely, I, I, I feel the same way. And like I said, I have lots of conversations with my kids and uh, about this. And sometimes they get super irritated with me because I think they think I'm just being um, like obstinate. And I'm like, no, I just, you know, I, I want everybody to understand that we are, we, like you said, we are one. This is, there is no us in them. We continue on on that path. Then we create even more division. But at the same time, you know what, you've got a world that is literally living as us and them. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you you know, finding your space in that space, I get it. Yeah. You know, so we just got to go with the flow, go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember a time when you were assertive and well, you weren't assertive, I should say. Do you remember when you were like in a situation where you were trying to control it and there was just something that clicked and it was like, okay, I just need to chill and relax. And like, what was that experience for you? Oh gosh. I feel like I'm presented with those types of situations. Um, if not daily, regularly, <laughs> um, a few times a week. Um, but a really, really big one was when we lost our home and we were homeless. Mm. And I am the master of figuring shit out. I can create something out of nothing like nobody's business. And I could not hear. I could not. And, you know, when you are in a situation like that and you have, uh, at the time I had six children still at home, my oldest was out of the house, and you are now technically homeless, um, penniless, and you've got a vehicle and, and some, we had, we had food and the, you know, the clothes that we had bags, uh, uh, suitcases. I'm not, we weren't dragging around garbage bags. Um, that there was just kind of like, this is fucking reality. This Mm -hmm. is literally what's happening right now. And I could go down the rabbit hole of misery and maybe even be a little justified because like it fucking sucked. Yeah, this sucks, man. Um, Initially, for me, the biggest thing was I do not want to bring my kids down that rabbit hole. So it wasn't really a put, you know, put on your 
big girl panties, Corey, and let's go. It was very matter of fact in mm -hmm. some ways. Yeah, this this sucks. I don't know where we're sleeping tonight, um, but we'll figure it out. And that's all we can do. And now that's not to say that I didn't melt down at some times, but right. really that had to be. So <laughs> the universe was like, I'm going to force you to be fluid right now, Corey. <laughs> and, you know, so, I mean, that's really, that's really what, you know, looking back, especially what it, it seems as though was going on. Um, right. Cause I didn't have a choice. And yeah. like I said, I'm the master at figuring out how to get through shit and over shit and under shit and around shit. <laughs> and this was, um, this was like a absolute nosedive directly into it. And there was no getting, there was no getting around it. it. I had to go through this, whether I liked it or not. So had to let it wash over me for a while, you know, I mean, and I'll, technically, I mean, we are in a space now and, you know, we all have beds and I want to be really clear also, by the way, during that time. Um, you know, my, we had food, we had clothing. It wasn't the type of homeless where, you know, you're in a, you, you what you see on the sides of the freeways or anything like that. Um, I, but it definitely was touch and go. We didn't know where we were going to be every single night. And I was making up, uh, I made up a business and started working it just so that I could pay for hotel rooms. And my partner was injured and unfortunately he couldn't work at all. So, uh, whereas he had been the sole provider before. So that was a whole bunch of, mm. that was a whole bunch of fluid. It was just all the fluid. It was like, you didn't I have got, a choice. You were forced and, into it. And it really, it was a, there's some trauma that we were coming through, but now being on the opposite end of it, uh, while I do not want to repeat that ever again, there are parts of it where, man, I learned some serious shit about myself, about my family. And I, I am thankful that I learned as I went through that, that I've grown as I've gone through that. I did not enjoy it. I will mm -hmm. never say that. Never. My partner will. He'll be like, oh, that was fun. I'm like, you are a crazy person. But <laughs> it's just like camping every night. No, God. It was worse than that, I think. I like camping. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, tell me about you. What about yourself? You know, as far as me personally, I think I in the past have been like to be in control mm -hmm. of what's happening. And as I've gotten older, I've realized I have no control. Like there's no control. It's an illusion. You know, you mm -hmm. may think you have control over how things go and what happens in your life, but uh, you really don't. And for me, I mean, I really can't think of an instance where I, was forced to give up control. But I think in my decisions, like I'm from New York and I moved out to California. That's a big fucking deal. Well, only because I had siblings out here. I mean, had I not had siblings out here, I probably would still be in New York. <laughs> it's still a big deal. I've made uh, big moves. It's a, And we yeah. moved to where families. It's still a big deal. That's It's hard. It's a hard move. Yeah. But it was probably the best thing and, mm. you know, and then making the decision to move up to the Pacific Northwest, you know, when I was 30 and not having a job or barely having a place to live, you know, that's when my grocery career started because I needed a job and I walked into Trader Joe's and like Oswego and they're like, yeah, we can pay you eight bucks an hour starting Monday. And I'm like, sweet. 
<laughs> and I had just come from working in Silicon Valley, working, you know, at 30 bucks hey. an hour. Sweet. And going down to eight bucks an hour. And I'm like, well, you know, this is this was a choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, learning through that process. And I think that's where really where the control kind of came in because my situation changed mm-hmm. pretty drastically and trying to control what was happening when I think I was just trying to like gain some sense of control in my life because there wasn't, it was just kind of chaotic, chaotic mm-hmm. in a way, even though I did make that choice to move up there with no job. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to kind of let go and not be attached to outcomes. And I think that's really helped me is not being attached to the outcome and not having mm-hmm. really expectations of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect and I always have some sort of expectation and yeah, I would love to have a certain outcome, but I've also kind of learned that, okay, I need to just let it go, give it up, you know, right. and uh, my come to Jesus moment is what I call it. <laughs> uh, and just try to go with the flow as much as you can. You know, yeah, I think too, it's, I think part of appreciating fluidity is learning that allowance of, uh, of the flow, you know, is, I think, <laughs> I don't know, maybe this is some weird mental thing that I get to choose to be fluid. Hmm. Because I can choose to not. So in my release of being so assertive, I can say, hey, I get to choose this. I get to choose that I am going to allow things to come and I'm going to take it by the moment. I'm going to take it by the second. And if I choose to not do that, well, hello, you made the choice, choice, Corey. It's on you, girlfriend. Well, and I think in some ways when you let it go and you choose to go with the flow, it's almost like stress is just really, you know, for me. Oh, absolutely. The stress is just gone and there's no expectation. There's no nothing. You just be, and it's almost like, you know, you're kind of just like, nope, not my problem. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. you know, let it happen how it happens. I have to say that my partner is absolutely the king of that. Not my problem. Whereas I'm like, everything is my problem. <laughs> exactly. I must solve everyone's yes. problems. Oh, that's that's the biggest problem is I'm trying to solve everybody's problem all the time. I'm like, oh, that they brought it to me. Must be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go solve it now. Excuse me. I'm going to go throw on my cape. You know, it's <laughs> right. uh, that it. But, you know. I, I know for a fact that I, I have grown from where I once was. Mm-hmm. There is an aspect to that that I probably will never let go of, go of. I know myself, despite my like sarcasm, humor and joking, I'm a very empathetic person. I, have, I can feel another person's pain and I don't want to let that go. I don't ever want to not feel what they're feeling and um, be able to see what they're feeling, you know? Um, And, and and so for me, there's aspects of that, that I I don't want to let go of. And I don't think I ever will. 
but the learning that freedom through being fluid is God. It's, it's, it really truly is amazing, but it is, it is interesting because it's like, I had to give my permit myself permission. Mm -hmm. I had to give myself permission. This is okay. You can let this go. Everything will be okay. You know, there's a lot of, you know, when we were, you asked me a little bit ago about, you know, some major change that I had to, you know, let go of. And I was talked about being homeless. Um, it was also the growing up in the church and releasing that like that was a holy shit, man. Cause I tell you what, you are not fluid in church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. are on a firm foundation and you will not be moved. And if, can you hear me pounding on my desk right now? Um, and if you do, you are like a wave tossed to and fro and you're not steady and you're not trustworthy. And, yeah. and that, you know, when I came to, when I left the church and came to this understanding of fluidity years later, that's what, those were the first things that came at me was, oh my God, you're like that thing outside the car sales <laughs> dealership with the air, that air blowing <laughs> dancing guy. Yeah. This is you right now. What a loser. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I grew up Catholic and I don't know, I think with any religious ritual, like mass, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kneel at this point, you stand at this point. You, mm-hmm. it's like, I was, it's like a workout because you're kneeling mm-hmm. and then you're standing and then you're kneeling and then you're standing and then you're kneeling and then you're standing. It's like, yep. I'm done with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this is not okay with that. Yeah. And it's, there's no really going with the flow. No. Because oh this is the reading. This is the gospel. This is, you go to communion. If you don't go to communion, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Right. You know, we were, when I was visiting with my sister last week, we were talking about going to confession and how we would just lie in confession just because <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I mean, you're a kid. That is hysterical. You're like a kid and you're asked to go sit in this booth that has a screen in between you and the priest. Mm-hmm. It's dark. There's like a light at your feet. Hey, this just you know, sounds creepy. It's just a I wooden box raised. in the oh church, gosh, in the yeah. back of the church. You could always like smell movie. the priest's breath and what he had for lunch. I mean, it was Ew. just not an enjoyable <laughs> experience all around. And, you know, you kind of have to go with the flow there because you're like sitting in this box and, you know, he slides the screen over so it's like the mesh and you can, you know, for what is confess your sins? What's the I don't point of know. the mesh, by the way? If you you know who's in there, I don't know. It's some veil or something. I'm sure there's. Oh, maybe something it's representative of the veil it. between God and the priests in the yeah. tabernacle. Okay, probably. Anyhow, I, I know too much. I don't know. Right. Yeah. They would say, you know, what have you done? Blah blah blah, and I'd be like, oh crap, I gotta make up some shit. I don't know. I stole the candy bar from the store. Oh, you didn't make up anything good? Oh, no, because dang. it's like, I don't know. I'm a freaking kid. Kids do, you know, stuff all the time. Not enough to confess, but. And then he'll be like, oh, well, you know, next time try to be nicer to your sister or don't talk back to your parents and say four Hail Marys and five Our Fathers. And I'm like, Christ, get me out of here. Oh, my goodness. Now, when you do that, do you have to like do it in front of him? Or Because, see, I wasn't raised Catholic. I was raised Lutheran, but we didn't have priests or confession. 
Uh, and then later on, it was just whatever non-denominational. But so when you have to do the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers, which, by the way, I know them just because I've heard them before. But <laughs> where do you do them at? You like, go right out home? to the pew. No, you go out into the pr- pew. Oh, right. Then because there? the confessional's at the back of the church. So you just go sit in a pew. Did you do them really fast? Like, oh, yeah, exactly. You know how people listen to podcasts at one, one and a half times? Yes, that, which I can't do, but yes. That's pretty much what I was doing. I was praying <gasps> one and a half times for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever skip and wonder if he caught you? Like, I don't you know. know. Our Father who aren't in heaven, amen. You know, I did. <laughs> yeah, right. I look over my shoulder. Hey, did somebody go into the confessional? Yeah, exactly. He'll never know. Mm-mm. How funny. I would rather have uh, Maury Povich. Lie detective determined that was a lie. <laughs> See, I could do that for a confessional. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't really, you, you kind of have to go with it. I don't know if I would consider going with the flow. It was just like, this is what it is. And mm-hmm. it is what it is until you can it leave isn't. the house and make <laughs> your own choice. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's the hard thing. And, you know, as a parent, that is a difficult thing because, you know, my partner and I talk a lot about, we want our kids to be free. We want them to be independent and we've intentionally tried to raise them that way. But at the same time, we're like, stop doing that whatever you're doing right now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you no, never again, you know? And, 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 it, and I don't mean things, you know, like they really shouldn't be doing like, you know, I don't know, beating on their siblings or whatever, like don't that don't do that. But you know, choices they may make who they hang out with the things they th- say, I mean, down to like, sometimes we're like, dude, you guys eat like absolute shit. And this is not healthy for you. So stop eating like that. They're like, I'm so free and I'm going to eat how I want because I'm so grown. But also you're going to be, you know, diabetic like your brother's over here soon if you don't watch it. But right. so, you know, there are things, though, where we're like, eh, I don't know if that's the best decision, but you have to figure it well, out. I've got to I've got to let them yeah. be free. I've got to let them experience this, too. But also warning, warning, <laughs> warning. You know, it's it's a hard thing as a parent to let to let your kids you know, make those choices, especially when they're living at home. I mean, I have some that are in their twenties, but they're still at home. Right. And so I'll, you know, you can see them going somewhere that could possibly be really dumb place to be. And you got to make that decision. Okay. Do I enforce upon them the things that were forced upon me? And when I wanted to make my own decisions and could not, do I warn them? Do I, you know, what do I, what do I do here in this space? smack them upside the head no that's illegal i guess so i can't do that <laughs> they're of age <laughs> they're of age <laughs> well i guess you just gotta go with the flow then mm-hmm. so i'd like to ask our listeners if they go with the flow why they don't go with the flow if they don't and when was a time where you kind of had to go with the flow because of the situation and yeah, if you think too. control is really a thing, I know Janet mm. Jackson said it, but you know, <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks Corey for going with the flow with me. Surely. Surely. And, uh, we'll see you next time on women who sarcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to women who sarcast an independent podcast. 
Email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at womenwhosarcast. Get your copy of Women Who Podcast magazine today. Visit womenwhopodcastmag.com to subscribe. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani.